Beautiful. Thank you. Well, good morning. Feels like we just did this. And we did. All right. So welcome. If you're here for the first time, uh, I'm going to uh, speak to you this morning as if you're all here for the first time, because sometimes we forget. And, uh, and it's good to remind ourselves of why we're here, why we're called here. Because we don't take attendance, we don't demand you're here, we don't, people show up of their own free will and volition, something uh, lights up. Um, Meadow and her sister Morgan are here today, and I've, I've kept, I kept having flashes of seeing them this week and showed up with their beautiful mom, so I'm always so delighted when I realize, oh, that's why I was thinking of them all week. So anyway, I'm uh, Reverend Dr. Patrick Cameron. We are the Center for Spiritual Living. We, and so we are a community. We're self-supporting. We are a member of the larger body of uh, Centers for Spiritual Living, the headquartered in, in uh, Golden, Colorado. And so our teaching is The Science of Mind, which was a book written by Dr. Ernest Holmes, 1926. Dr. Holmes sort of studied all the religions throughout the world, and he was uh, a compiler and a masterful job of putting together um, some ideas and a philosophy and a way of life that uh, many have uh, uh, latched onto, and actually a lot of it is being absorbed, as he said it would one day, into the culture. So um, what we, one of, the, one of the principles we stand on and, and practices that we encourage people to, to become more and more proficient with is the, the art and the intention of uh, affirmative prayer. And so I'm going to invite you to drop into 30 seconds of silence. I'm going to sing a chant. You're welcome to join me in that if you'd like. And then I will do a, um, uh, a shared affirmative prayer in the I am because we teach oneness, that we're all one. We're all connected. There's a universal mind that we are all connected to. And uh, so in praying in the I am, please don't feel like I'm excluding you. I'm including you. And so with that said, I'd like to invite you to drop into some silence with me, and I will time that for 30 seconds, and then you'll hear me begin the chant. Please join me if you feel free. If you don't know it, just let it be the soundtrack of this moment of coming together as we create and generate and manifest a sacred space. Let's begin. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear. For spirit, one spirit is in this very room, in this very room, in this very room. And so what I'd like to invite you to know with me in this moment, let us 
strike an agreement in this moment that there is one source of all life that animates and supports resources, guides, loves, and is present at all times. That presence, that love, that loving intelligence is my life. I claim it, I know it, I open my heart to the experience. And so what I know is that this is a day, this is a moment of transformation and transcendence where I have an insider awareness that I rise above the current conditions of my life and see it differently. Understand that it has not come to harm. It has come to awaken. And so I know that there is something beautiful and powerful right here and right now. There's an energetic that knows far better than we can possibly design in our own limited capacity to think that knows the highest experience for each and every one of us. As we open ourselves to health, vibrancy, abundance, joy, beautiful relationships with self and with others, whatever it may be, whatever my edge of learning and knowing and transformation and transcendence is in this moment, I say yes to it. All that is required is my agreement and my willingness and to continue to bask in the feeling tone of gratitude because in the mind of the one, it is already complete. And so I understand that, I give thanks for that, and I know that you and I are never alone, that there is an infinite, beautiful intelligence that is waiting with bated breath for our next thought, our next impress upon this infinite divine intelligence to bless us and to co-evolve and co-create with us. So knowing this day is a day of, of power and joy and wonder and abundance and health and vibrancy, living in infinite possibility with this presence, I give thanks, I release these words, and together we say, and so it is. All right, thank you for joining me in that prayer and opening your hearts to that. I want to... I want to say hello to the people on Facebook. We have a, a, a number of people that are joining us on Facebook now. Thank you, Angela, for your support. And we are starting to receive contributions from the people on Facebook, which is wonderful and lovely. And so if you feel so guided to, to um, convey a, um, the generosity of spirit and uh, the financial support to help us continue to grow our program and platform and technology, we thank you so much. So thanks for being with us today. It's an honor, and I'm so delighted by the blessing of technology that we can touch lives that for people that can't be with us today physically but can be here with us energetically and spiritually. So, with that said, I want to share with you. I'm always excited about things as I put things together. It's a very um, exciting thing for me each week to, to craft something that uh, sort of downloads for me. So that's not the slide that I wanted to show you. But I'll pull it up here if you don't mind, and I'm going to keep the people on Facebook uh, connected because when there's a gap and they feel like I'm not connected to them, I guess they turn us off. So, hey, stay there for a second, okay? Let me just, let me get this figured out here. Oh, it's the P. There we go. There it is. See, it was just right there. So the evolution revolution is what I want to share with you today, and I'm going to play that from the start. So things have a tendency to fall asleep in between services, so now we know. Would anybody like to be in charge of my laptop between services? Show of hands. Yeah, okay, I'll just keep doing this then. Thank you so much. But now I know. All right. And so with this, what inspired this? I've got a, okay, so here, it's, it's, first of all, it is daylight savings time, the time change. Did you notice that this morning? Did everybody catch that last night, change your clocks before you went to bed? Okay, no hands are going up, so I know what happened. All right, but this is what happens every year at Stonehenge. See, the guys get out, 
and they have to move all of the stones around because the time has changed an hour. It's really a lot of work. Can you imagine? I had no idea this was going on. So my, I think our hat's off to those guys that back and forth, back and forth. You just think they'd stop that, but they, they're committed to it. So I have a quiz for you. You up for a quiz today? All right, cool. So what does a hungry caveman, a Haitian family that's been driven out of their home by an earthquake, lost everything, a newborn baby and a heroin addict have in common? I can't hear you. Oh, you're so smart. That's the answer. Nobody got that at the first service. See, that's what happens when you stay home and you sleep a couple more hours and you show up. But, so the answer is survival. That's right. So survival is one of, it's the first meme in the spiral dynamics. This color is beige. It was 250,000 years ago. So you probably don't remember. But it's still alive. And I want to talk about that because this, um, this, this revolution, this evolution revolution I want to talk about, I'm going to look at each meme, each quadrant over the next several weeks because it's so important to understand this in a time of so much change, so much amazing things that are happening. It's remarkable the energy that's unfolding on the planet right now. And we're part of that. And so the more we can be aware of it and look at it from wisdom and intelligence rather than feel victimized by it, I think that we have a better opportunity to stay open to this idea of oneness because when, we go, when we're stressed, all that shuts down. We can't get there. And so survival is the first meme in the spiral dynamics. Next week, I'm going to talk about purple. purple. Purple showed up a number of years after beige, but beige is as far back as it goes. And so this idea of survival. So the caveman gets up. He's looking for food for his next meal. The Haitian family, they're grieving the loss of their home, the loss of the things that they knew. What do we do? What? And, and we've seen those stories, and it's, it's been relatively recent. A newborn baby. A newborn baby is always dependent upon its caregivers, is it not? And so that's an important, and that's a vulnerability. We all, isn't it interesting that we all incarnate in, in this state of, of incredible vulnerability? And then there's the, the, the drug addict, and the drug addict simply just wants to get to their next fix because that's how they've, that's how they've created their life in, in their addiction. So all of them are uh, expressions of survival, that mean. And so exploring the evolutionary revolution, we can correlate... The shifts and changes that have gone on through history, through the evolution of our species to our own lives personally. So I want to show you this beautiful picture. So the hummingbird needs the flower, and the flower needs the hummingbird. Yeah, they do. And so what happens is, is that we, it, it's an example of, you know, that in nature we can see the, the way the infinite, the, 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 the laws of the universe, how they unfold. The bees need the blueberries and the blueberries need the bees for pollination. I mean, it's, we need one another. We're, we are tripwired for relationship. We're not here to isolate. We do not, we do not operate um, uh, as a silo. And so how we connect in this co-evolution, so the hummingbird just knows. No one had to tell the hummingbird to go find the nectar. And, then, and, the, and the flower needs the hummingbird as well. There's this reciprocity. There's this sharing. And it's such a beautiful example of when we can dip into the truth of our being, which is very difficult to get to sometimes. Because many times we can feel like we're in survival mode. And it's okay. I'm here to tell you it's okay. Because it's not permanent. It just happens to be the place you may be right now or have been before. So co-evolutionary is the evolution is reciprocal, it's path. 
And in order to, to move into this in a richer way, we have to step out of the story of separation. So this idea that we're separate from source, we're separate from God, and uh, you know, I was, I've been reading a lot of Carolyn Mace lately, and Carolyn Mace says that religion is just nothing more than a costume party. And if you think about it, and she says that in a loving way, but it's, it's, you know, it's about the ritual, it's about the, the garb, it's about the, the various times of the year, and all of it is valuable. It, it, what we bring to it gives it value. There's nothing bad and wrong with any of them. We celebrate all the traditions as long as it, 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 it's our path to that center, to ourselves. So we step out of that story of separation or we don't. So co-evolution is a movement from every man for himself, every woman for himself, to we're in this together. And we're watching that right now. You know, there's going to be an election this week down at our brothers and sisters down south. And there's a language of fear. There's a language of, of, of isolation. There's a language of withholding. There's not enough. Um, they're the problem, blaming, shaming. Uh, the words uh, misogyny have been used, which is the hatred of women. Um, uh, xenophobia, which is the hatred of other groups that pray differently, look differently, their skin color, maybe not be our skin color, all those things. And so what's happened is there's been a conversation where all this stuff has come into the light. It's become part of the culture now. And it's given permission to people that, that identify with that conversation to sort of pop up. And so we see it on social media. We see it's part of what we're in right now. Many of the things that we thought we've overcome, at least many people I know, are popping up again. And so what do we do with that as a, as a, as a culture? How do we stand and watch this discord and chaos and this, this, this uh, energy play itself out and not spin into it and not feel like it's hopeless? And so I want to share with you because I think it's so important that we understand this, the depths of our being, how we have evolved and how we continue to evolve and what our opportunity is today. See, all of us, each one of us is part of making this happen. Each one of us is important and vital because we are bringing something forth. We are bringing something forth in every moment. And so what happens with this, this co-evolutionary path, number one, we step out of the story of separation. Are you willing to, to admit and to agree to this idea that there's one life, that life is spirit, that life is my life, that life is mine right now? We st- that is a very important step. And when we feel it, when we say it, see, see what we see, we forget what we hear, we remember what we say, we become. There is one life. Say that with me. There is one life. That life is perfect. That life is perfect. That life is God. That life is God. That life is my life now. Let's say that again together. There's one life. One life. That life is perfect. That life is God. That life is my life now. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It is true. And we forget it. We forget it. Do you get up every morning and look in the mirror and say, oh my gosh, there's the face of God. And she is so lovely. She is so beautiful. I let that little girl inside me come out and I dance and prance around the, the bathroom. Laura and I do a little, little girl dance on Monday morning. So we do a little boy dance on Tuesday mornings. So this whole journey, we're going up, we're, we're going up the ladder of consciousness, and we transcend and we improve. So in other words, when we step out of being in survival mode all the time, 
Because many, many times things happen and we go into survival mode. Have you ever had that happen? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's okay because that's part of it. And to beat ourselves up because we realize, oh my gosh, I'm scared right now. It's okay to be scared. Just don't stay scared. Get some help. Borrow somebody else's consciousness. Reach out. Say to the infinite intelligence in that moment of fear, this is not the truth of who I am and I'm calling forth into my experience the assistance and support and resources and inspiration to help shift me and move me out of this. Do you do that when you're depressed, sad, surviving? Why don't we? Because what we do is we get into the story. We run it over and over and over again. And the story's not going to take us anywhere. I know the story. I know the story. We have to re-script our story. An affirmation won't get us there. An affirmation can be part of it. And then you've got to take action. So it's, an, it's not enough to know. We need to know how. The days of knowing about it are over. We need to get off the bench. We need all the people in the United States that care deeply about, about fear not being the way and lack and limitation not being the way to get off the bench and go vote. And then what they need to do, we all need to do, is not only vote, but then follow it up with activity and find a way to be compassionate and generous. That's why we're doing spirit groups here. That's why we're doing the queue. It's time for transformation. Meadow, are you back for number two? You are so beautiful. That's Meadow. She's three years old. She was here for the first talk. She's here with her mom. And Morgan's in the, the little buggy there. Hi, Morgan. Oh, they're doing so good. Are you having fun? Like your boots. They're beautiful. Yeah. She just put the love whammy on me. I could feel it go through my heart. <laughs> wow, that was awesome. Thank you, honey. So it's transcend, rise above. Transcend means rise above and improve. So as we go up the rungs of the ladder, we move out of survival into purple next week. We're going to talk about purple, which is magical thinking, which is so much fun. See, you can, you know, I talk about affirmations. You can affirm you're a chocolate chip cookie. You are never going to be a chocolate chip cookie, okay? So just keep that in mind. And they're delicious. But who wants to be a chocolate chip cookie anyway? Transcend and improve. And we have to step onto every rung of the ladder. We don't get to jump from survival up to enlightenment. And it's okay because it's not a race. It's just to understand the journey. Wow, look at this. I have spent so much of my life surviving, barely getting by. Yeah. See, that resonates with Morgan. Robert Frost said this. We dance around in a ring and suppose, but the secret sits in... Okay, we'll see you later. We dance around in a ring and suppose, but the secret sits in the middle and knows. The secret sits in the middle of all of us, and it knows, and it knows. See, Ernest Holmes said, I don't know, but something within me does know. And then you gotta wait a little bit, because we want it, and we want it now. I need to know right now. I need this problem solved right now. Well, maybe it's not about fixing anything. Maybe it's about giving birth to something. What wants to happen here? What's going on? I mean, that's what's happened in our community. I've been at this 20 years. I have trained more practitioners and ministers than you can shake several sticks at. And I realize that there's pieces of it that, that, that are not being fulfilled. And I want the best for you. I want the very best for you because I want the very, very best for me. I want the very best for the world. 
And, and so what I get to do then is look in my own life and say, am, am I an advocate for this? Is the behavior, you know when you do something that's not in integrity with your soul. Do you know why? Because you feel dread when you do it. You, something within you goes, oh, God, I said I was going to do that again. And I did it. All that stuff goes on silently, right? Because you never call me when that's going on. But I'm just saying we know. Something within us knows when we're out of integrity with the truth of our being. And that's not a bad thing either. That's one of the signposts. That's an opportunity to look at it and look at it deeply. Dr. Holmes said, one of my favorite statements of his, you must look at a thing until it no longer has power over you. So what are you giving power to? That's what I'm saying with this, this whole election thing. It's not enough to vote. You've got to get off the bench and every day work to a, to a better future. That's the opportunity. Oh, I don't know. I'm kind of tired. I don't know. I think I'll, I'll do that Wednesday for 10 minutes because I'm pretty busy fixing things right now. We don't even know we're asleep. And, it's, and once again, not a problem, not a blame. It's an awareness to come alive. We dance around in a ring and suppose, but the secret sits in the middle and knows. I mean, the poets are all the great mystics. So it's, it's a ladder. Each rung, we climb up. Oh, I'm so happy. She got a treat? All right. So I showed this slide last week, and I brought it back. On the outside is... This idea of matter and energy, particle and wave, space and time, push and pull, observer and observed, control, right and wrong. All those things to help us manage our lives. But at the center of us is spirit, which is balance and harmony, serenity, peace, wholeness, and oneness. Transformation is an inward journey of the heart where we embody an even greater capacity and ability to interpret our lives from a reality of oneness. If we really get it, that, that there's no advancement unless we all go together. And, and when it pops up in the awakening is to celebrate and realize, wow. When you see somebody on fire with the sense of connection with that depth of being, and you can say, that's for me. That's for me. I want that. I want to live from that. And, and as we rise above our stories, that's why we're doing the cue. The cue is a 21-day process. 21-day process to re-script our story. And you know what happens when we do that? I'm going to show you a video here in a few minutes by Jason Silva. When we re-script our story, we change our past. That's how powerful it is. That's how powerful you and I are. That's why I love the cue. i got to tell you something. I have learned everything I possibly can from others' projections. Everything I possibly can. So when I hear it now... When I hear it from you guys, I realize I have compassion. I have compassion because I understand it now. I don't pick it up. I have a beautiful minister uh, friend in Colorado Springs, Dr. Reverend. He should be a doctor by now, but he's a beautiful uh, former Catholic priest, Norm Bouchard. Love Reverend Norm. And Norm and I would have wonderful conversations, and he would say to me over and over and over again, when I tell him what was going on in my life and my ministry, he'd say, don't pick that up. That is not yours. That is not yours. And it's so hard to get that because it's so tempting to want to enable and say, oh, that so-and-so suffering. It's my fault. Anybody here got the my faults? I mean, that's the way my, my mom and dad raised us. 
And they were doing the best they could. If there was problems in the Middle East, it was my fault. You know, I'm six years old. I'm trying to figure out, how did I have anything to do with that? Okay. You're, you're how old? Your birthday's August 12th? Okay, well, remind us when we get back to August and we'll celebrate. So, but when we look at this little one here, this is our opportunity. What do we hand off to our, our coming generations? What doesn't get transformed gets transmitted. We share it. Here, I couldn't solve this. Here's my anger, frustration. Not enough, not enough love, not enough money, not enough friendship, not enough resources. Here, let me hand that off to you. That's the opportunity for us to, to be in transformation. Let's do the best we have with what we got. Let, let's let our next generation come up with new problems to solve. My grandfather used to say it all the time. It's okay to make mistakes. Let's just make new ones. Because <clears throat> we look kind of silly making the same ones over and over again. Transformation is an inward journey of the heart where we embody an even greater capacity and ability to interpret our lives from a reality of oneness. So <clears throat> Ken Wilber, who's very much in, uh, involved with the, the spiritual transformation, has really influenced Reverend Dr. Gary Simmons, and, uh, and they've collaborated on, on a variety of these things, and they've helped develop. Dr. Gary was inspired by Ken Wilber's work to develop the Q process and to, to start looking at this mission-centric ministry because what we've missed, in, especially in metaphysics, is we don't do a good job of loving it all. We've got to love it all. The stuff we don't like about ourselves, we gotta love that too. Because when we love it, we don't act it out anymore. So let me, I'm gonna throw a name out at you. And I'm gonna ask you if you got a lot of love for it right now. Donald Trump. Well, thank you, Mark. And Donald called me this morning and said he loves you too. But, but so how do we look at this and watch this and realize what's unfolding without spinning into it and feeling like we've gotta make it bad and wrong? I talked last week about social media and how it has infected our, and affected our, our youth. You know, girls post on Facebook and then they wait for the reply. And then some stranger, two, 3,000 miles away, says, you're ugly and stupid. And, and our youth takes that on. They pick it up. When in fact, it's just simply a commentary on the person on the other end, thinking they're ugly and stupid. But instead of owning it, they place it out there. And we either take the hook, we either pick it up, or we don't. But when we have the wisdom, God, oh, there's suffering going on here. You don't know who you are. You don't know who you are. We're all one here. I'm not buying that. I'm not going to have that fight with you because I understand who I am. And I see the divinity within you. That's the work of the mystic. Otherwise, we just get into another pissing contest and a fight. I'm just saying you don't have to do that. So this movement to the center is so important. And so Ken Wilber says that we need to honor our wholeness. Let me get to my notes here. We need. You and I are going to talk in about 10 more minutes, okay? Thank you, sweetheart. You're beautiful. She's so excited to be here. So the cultural meme mirror of our own evolutionary, easy for me to say, journey. If we take a look at what our body's made of, let me drop back a second. Look at what our bodies are made of. Of subatomic particles, reptilian instincts. That's the need to survive, right? Mammalian emotions, primate cortex. All of that is part of our evolution that's brought us to this moment. Our bodies are made up of the past evolutionary elements. 
Growth and change is our natural state. It's our natural state of being to grow and change, to evolve into the greater yet to be. That's why we have incarnated. And we get to choose all along the way what that will look like and feel like. We are always a choice. That is our freedom and that's our responsibility. We dance in a ring and suppose, but the secret sits in the middle and knows. Thank you, Robert Frost. It knows. There's no doubt. So Ken Wilber says, there's four things need to be present. Number one, an understanding of our inherent wholeness. We need to understand this. Our natural state of being is one of wholeness. And when we're in the projection, we cannot be in wholeness. And wholeness comes from this idea by Carl Jung that when we're not integrated, we're, we're in, we have subpersonalities that are holding us back. It's our trauma. It's our woundedness. So how do we transform that so we can, we can show up fully orbed in wholeness? Number two, that means we embrace all of us. Every bit, we love it all. I gotta tell you, I love my new practice when I get done with the dance around the mirror in the, in the bathroom with Lars. I embrace the Donald Trump in me. I embrace all the misogyny and the hatred and the, and the ignorance and the stupidity. I embrace it all and I love it all. And I put it right in there. It's got a spot right in the back there. It's right back. If I ever need it, I know where to go get it. But it's not running me anymore. When somebody uh, makes an accusation, I can see that they're suffering. You know, they've done a lot of research around bullying. And they realize that the bully is, is hurting so badly that that's why they project it out. That's another example of projection. And then they find other people that are hurting, and then they become a group of bullies. Doesn't make it right or wrong, but to understand it and have compassion and wisdom to say, well, tell me more about that. Why is so-and-so bad and wrong, stupid and ugly, or whatever it may be? Where does that come from? I mean, those are the kind of conversations that we need to have. We need, we need people on the planet that are awake and aware and have the wisdom to understand when people are, are throwing stuff at one another. It's just this unhealed, unresolved issues that are alive. Isn't that comforting to know that? We don't have to run around like our hair's on fire. It's all going to work out. It always does. And it's an opportunity for people to step up and wake up. So we have to embrace all of it. The kindfulness needs to be showered upon ourselves. That's why I love the cue. It's an activity of compassion and love for oneself to forgive oneself. Especially the parts we don't like. All the parts of ourselves need to be welcomed at the table. Otherwise, we have unfinished business and we can't go up the ladder. It's too heavy. It's like wearing one of those weighted jackets and going out and jogging. It's brutal. Number three, recognize that we're part of something great, uh, part of a greater good, and connect to that greater self, the divine source, loving intelligence, honoring our inherent wholeness. Got it right here. If you want to take a look at it, honor our inherent wholeness. Two, embrace that which we found to be less than whole in the past. Three, recognize we are a part of something greater. And four, we do we connect to divine source. Ken Wilber says those are the four things we do to, to transcend and improve. Transformation. So I want to show you a video here coming up. This is a young man by the name of Jason De Silva, and you can find him on YouTube. That's where I found it. And it's about transformation, and he talks about how we can change our past. And this is, this is based on hard science. This isn't woo-woo. And so I'm going to cue it up here. There we go. He talks pretty well, here's fast. Here's an interesting thought experiment. Do we have the capacity 
to change the past. Now, at first, this sounds like a contradiction, a total paradoxical idea. I mean, how could you change something that already happened? But think about it. Why does the past matter at all? What do we get to keep from something that already happened? Well, we get to keep the memory, right? Supposedly either the bliss or the trauma. It, it's, it's really the memory that we're talking about here, the story that runs on a loop in the back of our minds of what has happened. And somehow, the fact that what has happened has shaped us and will shape our future. We feel in a way haunted or condemned to be a certain way because of what has happened to us. Epigenetics tells us that we are the sum of our experiences, that we, that our cells are a technology that turns experience into biology, that everything that happens to us lays itself like tire tracks, tattooing itself across our body mind and literally making us the product of what has come before. And yet, and yet, here's something amazing. Our cognitive framing, our interpretation, our use of rhetoric and language to frame our past experiences can actually allow us to change our very past experience. <laughs> so, so the story we tell, the story we choose to tell about what has happened can change what has happened. Listen to that again, because they've actually done studies that tell us that the cognitive framing that we give to experiences can change our physiological response to those very experiences. So an experience of trauma seen through a certain lens can physiologically create stress response, right? Cortisol, stress hormones, anxiety, all these things. But people who do, for example, psychedelic hypnotherapy and revisit the trauma through this altered state of consciousness are all of a sudden able to change that story, change their chemical response to that past experience, recontextualize it and see it through a different lens and fundamentally change the past. You know, that's a great line by Tim Duty that says that experiences that are transformative in nature that allow us to change the cognitive framing of who we are and where we're going in this life and where we've been are experiences that recontextualize the self as a marvelous conduit in a timeless whole from which molecules and meanings flow, from neurons to nebula and back again. And in recontextualizing who we are and what we're doing and everything that happens to us, even when it hurts, and even when we fall off the bicycle in Amsterdam and like literally get caught up, the fact of the matter is that story has now rendered me a stronger being. It is something that has happened and I have overcome. I have not choked on my intro versions. I have in fact reworked the experience and output it in a work of art. I am more than what I was because of what has happened to me. And this decision, right, this decision to lend that cognitive framing, to lend that interpretation to a traumatic experience of the past has allowed me to change the past and therefore to sort of change my future and decide my fate. I design, therefore I become. Again, beautiful idea, my friends. We are empowered, we are enraptured, we are beings that move through time and space, and space and time and mind and future and past and present. These are basically just elements of a continuous field of time. They don't exist, they are illusions. You can choose the story you tell, my friends. You can choose the story you tell. We can all choose the story we tell. Isn't that amazing? But it takes a little bit of unraveling, a little bit of unwinding, a little bit of examination. You know, and that's why we, have, we brought this Q process that is so timely. It's, it's time at a deeper level. If you haven't done the Q, if you've done the Q and you haven't done the 21 days, like I, I'm doing my class right now, Dr. Gary says, tell him don't bother. You've got to do the 21 days. It takes 21 days to develop a new habit. And what happens is that life gets so exciting and distracting, we, get, we, we stop. 
And Dr. Holmes said this about that. To abandon principle in your time of need is to not understand principle at all. So people get, you know, they start a class and they'll say, what happened? You're not in the class anymore. Oh, you wouldn't believe what's happening in my life. Yes, I would. Yes, I would. And so the, the one thing that I think would be so foundation, foundationally transformative for you, you step away from because the pattern is so entrenched, you've got to go fix it. Because we think we've got to fix it. We've got to fix this, we've got to fix that, we've got to do this. And really what it is is the question is, what wants to be healed here? Oprah said when we see somebody suffering, it's not about what's, what's wrong with them. We're asking the wrong question. It's about what happened to them. And so when we meet people in survival mode, the thing that we can do is this, this kindfulness, this kind-heartedness. They just need to be fed. They need to be cared for. Not in an enabling way, but understand they're not ready to fish on their own yet. And understand that we're all in different stages. So when we have the capacity to realize someone is primarily living in survival mode all the time, we can open our hearts and realize, you know what? There's a different way, and let me, let me be a, um, an advocate for you. Let me partner with you in consciousness. Let me go to that divine intelligence, that pool of un, unbounded resource, and be informed and transformed and transcended and improved. But how many people do that? This is our tradition. This is our opportunity. Because if we don't do this, gang, you know what's going to happen? The avalanche of fear and blame and shame and guilt and you're not enough and they're bad and wrong and they're, and whatever it may be becomes the prevailing conversation. And I refuse to live on a planet. I'm not, I, I refuse to stop working towards the, the infinite possibility and the greater yet to be. It's, it's what keeps me connected here. I watch people's biases and their projections play out here. I mean, I've been, I, it's been, and it's all come for me. It's all become as a wake-up call for me. One day I'll share the story with you, but I'm not ready to share it yet because I want to have it in a context that makes sense. And there's a grace and a beauty in it. But if we're on this path, we're going to have our hearts broken. We're going to be betrayed. We're going to have disappointment. But it's not there because there's something wrong with us. It's there because it's our opportunity to use it for transformation, to build the resilience and the insight and the awareness and the wisdom. So now when the, it comes back, I can realize there's someone there is living in lack because they're projecting their idea of lack and not enough on me or you. And then it's a whole different energy because I don't have to fix it. I don't have to fix not my problem. It's our opportunity. So, with that said, because as I said last week, conflict leads to rebirth and transformation. I want to end today with the dance of transformation. Are you interested in dancing for about four minutes? It's a beautiful song called Life is Life. Dr. Holmes said this. He said, what's important is while we're alive, we live. While we're alive, we live fully. It doesn't matter if anybody remembers us after this, that we lived fully. And so this is a beautiful song. I'm going to invite you to stand up. Now, here's what we're going to do, because I, I, I got a suggestion is I'm going to put the first $20 bill here in my pocket. And then anybody else that wants to come up to do the $20 bill dance with me, you can come up and you can slip it. I've got several other pockets, and then you can... It, it'll be like the dollar dance, only it'll be a $20 bill. I think that's a wonderful way to raise money, don't you? Thank you, sweetheart. That was so lovely. That was Meadow. I'm going to make you stage manager. In fact, you're stage manager now. There we go. She got my... Um, so anyway... Let's stand up. Let me cue this baby up here. Here we go. It's called Life is Life. This group is from, I think they're from the Netherlands. 
So here's an interesting thought experiment. Do we have the capacity to change? That is not the song. Here it is. They look the same, though. Let me pull this one up.
Life is life. And we are here to live it fully. And you have unique gifts and talents, and we can rewrite our stories. That's why we're here. So God bless you for being who you are. Stay in the course. Look at how excited she is. She sat through two services. Good luck taking her home this afternoon for a nap, Mom. All right. Just got to love her up. All right, and here's our beautiful band, too, with Mallory going to sing another beautiful song. <laughs> 